First, I want to mention rabbis are here. They have a, a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have a Messianic church. Yeah. Five or six of our DSM Bible schools. And he's actually an apostle. He's got 200 churches in Sri Lanka that he oversees. Amen? And God's done a wonderful work they've been together for years. We appreciate you, Rabbi. Amen? He's got a wonderful new book, Hope to the People. Everybody say, Hope to the People. Stop, pick up a copy after service. He will personally endorse it for you. Amen? So pick up a copy, Hope to the People. Amen. Would you take that back over to him? Thank you, Rabbi. Excellent, excellent book. I, I don't want to tell you whose name is in there, but excellent book. Amen. <laughs> but pick up a copy and be a support to the missions program and to them. They're wonderful people doing a great, great work for God. We got some people from Florida here. Come on. People from Ohio. Would you stand up, all out-of-town visitors? Come on, stand up. Jamaica. Haiti. Stand up. Indiana. All of you, stand up. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. I thought I saw Florida. Florida was in the house. Amen. Stand up. Let me see Florida. There they are. Amen. Winter Haven, Florida. God bless you as apostles. Glad to have you today. Well, before I bring up apostle, we have something we have to announce to you. How do you know what I'm going to announce? <laughs> We're going to have a wedding. We want to announce official engagement. Pastor Anissa Dorsa, Pastor Lance Travis. Come on up here. Give him a microphone. Wow. All right. Listen. I, um, oh, that is so humbling. I, I have just a couple of minutes. Uh, I, I want to do this quickly because we have a lot to do today and uh, so grateful for our out-of-town out guests that are here with us. But listen, when I tell you I am excited, oh my, oh my. Okay, all right. Ooh-wee. <laughs> um, I'm thankful, I'm grateful to God. And I just want to say briefly, I came here over two and a half years ago, uh, broken, uh, wounded, hurt, uh, devastated. And I am so grateful to God that he sent me to a house with leaders who consistently places emphasis on restoration, acceptance, love, forgiveness, and they both have loved me to life. And one of the things that Bishop repeatedly said to me is how that God is restoring your life and uh, he's restoring and he's redeeming. And I stand here today as visible proof of God's restoration and God's redemption. And uh, then Bishop prophesied and said that you're going to get married, but not right now. <laughs> and he said that God's going to send her and you're going to turn around and she's going to be right there. So I listened to my leaders. I didn't go searching. I didn't go looking. Uh, and he said right there, naturally, I looked around the house. Uh, but uh, <laughs> glory be to God. And uh, didn't uh, find the witness from the Holy Spirit until this amazing woman of God came back to the house. Glory to God. And uh, when she came, you know, we, we hit it off as friends. Uh, yeah, and she's trying to rush me because she's embarrassed, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, when she came, uh, there was not long after a connection. Uh, 
Uh, but what I did, because I'm old school, I'm old fashioned, I said nothing to her. I went to Bishop and, and Dr. Cheryl, I asked him about her. I wanted to know, you know, what was the details, what's going on? And they gave some raving reviews and I pursued her. Because the Bible said that he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. She didn't pursue me. I pursued her. Oh, my. And um, I just want to say that I'm so grateful to God that he's brought you into my life and that I get to do life with you. I am so grateful. Um, and uh, the implications and the possibilities of uh, doing kingdom work together. And uh, I told somebody, I said, it's a blessing to be able to do kingdom work with somebody and to marry somebody that you actually like. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling this woman for real. <laughs> I like her and I love her. And uh, in my closing, uh, I'm closing. You know, preachers close 10 times before they get there, but just one time, I'm closing. Um, we had the chance to do something that I've never done before in life, is to have a ring made. And the, the ring is still at the jewelers, being made. Talk about redemption and restoration. Uh, so uh, until we get that ring and do what we're going to do in a more private, intimate setting, because uh, I'm learning already some things that got to be just between the two of you. Uh, and uh, I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, as a token of uh, my love, commitment, dedication, glory be to God, I want to present you with this ring in the meantime. So after a while, we're going to do it right. But I, I just, uh, we solicit your prayers. ask you to please pray for us. And uh, because we believe that this is more about uh, two people that like each other. But uh, has amazing and enormous kingdom potential. Uh, and I'm just so glad for God uh, bringing us together and having you in my life. I love you, baby. You hear the mic, something no <laughs> i praise god i've been here this has been my church home forever 17 years and those of you that know me know me and god is good he's faithful those of you that are in expectation just hold on and wait because god is still up to something amen he's a god of a first second third fourth fifth sixth chance single women let me hear you shabak the lord he's coming he's coming he's coming praise god Amen. Amen. Don't go nowhere. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask those of you, the, uh, my staff, would you come forward, please? And out-of-town visitors, I'm going to ask Pastor Simon to Trish. Prophet, would you come? We're going to just lay hands and anoint them and pray. Out-of-town guests, come. Out-of-town guests. Pastor Bill, join us. Come on, your wife. Can you prophesy? We're going to pray. Dr. Tom, Gina Ray, come on. Let's pray for them. Not your doing before you even thought of it. One million years ago would not even be a good estimate that I already knew. Before there was a planet, before there was a moon, before there were stars, I knew this day that the call of God would be expanded and enlarged that the call that began now is going to be infused and fire shall come out of this union, says the Lord. So you are walking in the will of God. Ask largely that your joys may be filled. Ask largely because I can do all things. I can do anything. And these kingdom responses are so important to me. You will have your cup overflowing. You will have your trials and testings. But you have been proven now to be able to understand what it is to be in the will of God and to listen to his voice and to his pushing as well as your pushing. And greater things that ever happened in your life will happen. 
And so expect it. Claim it. Prophesy it. Sing unto the Lord the prophecies. Speak it out. And you will see many, many lives changed. Many souls saved. And see that I will be magnified through your life, says the Lord. Father, your word declares that if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creation, that all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So, Father, I thank you. You have created and are creating something new in this couple. The Father, you have brought two to become one, one in soul, one in body, and one in spirit. And Father, I thank you that that oneness will lead them down the path that you have called them to, that path of righteousness, that path of intimacy, intimacy with you and intimacy with each other. So Father, we thank you that when they stand before you and exchange their vows, there will be a oneness, there will be a power, there will be a collision in the spirit that they have never experienced before. And that, Father, that will be your spirit coming into their spirit. So, Father, we thank you for this couple. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that is over them. The Father, the old has passed away. You have a brand new future for them. And, Father, we are here to support them. We are here to walk with them. And we are here to say amen with them. And everybody said? Amen. amen. All those that are up here at the altar, extend your hands towards them and repeat after me. Say, Lord. Bless them. Bless them. Bring increase. Bring increase. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. Spiritually, physically, and financially. Let's give the Lord a clap off and we're going to have a church wedding. It is my great honor to let you know that my spiritual father, since I started the church in 1989, January, he came that fall, and I've been with him since 1989, and overseer, uh, every couple of weeks we talk, all these years, and it's an honor to have him here again. We missed one year of all the years. Sometimes he comes twice and sometimes he's come three times a year. But uh, last year because of COVID he wasn't able to come. And uh, Florida had some, I mean California had restrictions on them. And, but he's here today and I'm so excited. And you'll be stirred, you'll be encouraged, you'll be motivated and you'll be blessed. God has received the glory. But I thank you for being. Don't forget tonight, 7 o'clock Come on back. You'll be stirred. Let's stand to our feet. And uh, I want you to give God a clap offering for this gift to the body of Christ. Apostle Emmanuel Canestrazi. And I just want to say one last thing. I wouldn't be where I'm at. Wouldn't be in Destiny Schools of Ministry. There wouldn't be any network. There wouldn't be any churches across the United States and overseas. It wasn't for this man's impartation to me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Dad, it's yours. Praise God. Lift your hands as high as you can and put all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. Praise the Lord. You can do better. You can do better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I wish we could do that for an hour or two. But we can't. But God receives it. I had to go back to the lady to ask her to give a text because God said, 
change the message. So you're going to get it now. I can preach. I've been doing it for 71 years. But you don't want to hear preaching. You want to hear God's word. Did you know that in the Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, and God had just pounded that into me. I had to read it over and over and over. One hundred times, Jeremiah said, this is what the Lord said. It wasn't Jeremiah saying it. He was just a delivery boy. <laughs> but he wanted them to know, like it or lump it. This is what the Lord says. Don't add to it. Don't try to color it. Don't try to mix it up. Don't try to make it look different. This is what the Lord says. And so I'm going to obey God. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter. <laughs> he starts out by saying, thus says the Lord. I think it's going to be on the screen. Well, they don't have a screen. So I'll just read it. Jeremiah 31, verse 2, 3, 4. Thus says the Lord, the people who survive the pandemic, no, the, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Israel, when I went to give him rest, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Now, I want you to underline in your Bible the word or the phrase grace in the wilderness. I am reminded of the wilderness of this church and of your pastors. I am reminded of the struggles the heartaches, the heartbreaks, the disappointments, the demonic spirits that it tried to destroy, tried to confuse. I am reminded that in the worst possible things that could ever happen, I lived with them in it and through it, and found that there was grace in the wilderness. <laughs> the children of Israel had 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Aren't you glad you haven't had 40 years? 40 years! Complaining, murmuring, because it wasn't happening, the water and the manna and, and all of those things didn't satisfy them. When they could have made it from Jerusalem to the promised land in 10 days, 40 years. 40 years. Say 40 years. 40. What kind of a trip would you want to take? for 40 years when you could make it in 10 days. But even God said, I have loved you with everlasting love. I never despise you. I never. You will find grace. Yeah. Now, it has been the worst possible year of my life. The worst possible year of my life. Everything, I could num number 50 things that went wrong. 
and in our country, our beautiful America, with thousands and thousands of people dying. And with the confusion in Washington and the demonic forces that are taking over or trying to take over America. You've got to hear this word. You've got to hear this word. Democrat, Republican, Independent, or Pentecostal. It don't matter to me. You will find grace in the wilderness. God has the last word. The devil doesn't have the last word. And poor Biden don't have any of the words. You still love me? You want to stay in the wilderness? Do you want another 40 years? I'm telling you something. All of this junk that has happened, all of this heartache and tragedy and misery. I, I sit in my chair by the window watching out my window and I see a parade of people. You've never seen such horror looks walking. They're walking and we, I've never seen people walking on our street. Now, hundreds of them are walking and they have the look of despair and the look of hopelessness and the look that, 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 that makes... I, I sometimes weep as I watch them walking and sometimes I go out and do what, what I can to, to say hi. My wife and I go for walks and we see these people and when they see us, they walk over into the street. And then we walk over to them and say, God bless you. Everything's going to be okay. Come on. Yeah. I don't want to go into detail. But I want to tell you something. I got good news for you. You will find grace in your wilderness. You will find grace in your wilderness. I'm reminded of the wilderness moments of my life. How at times I seemed to be drawn even closer to God as he drew me to himself. Then the wilderness can turn out to be the, the big answer to your prayers because you will have intimacy with God like you've never known. The devil has lost you don't give him credit. You find grace in the wilderness. As I went through these seasons, and I went through them, and Samson can tell you, and Pastor Jerry and Cheryl can tell you. I should say Apostle Jerry. Our young man that we was training to be the pastor, the leader, he had come all the way from Phoenix to San Jose just to hear me preach. And he liked it. And he got a prophecy. He moved to San Jose. We discipled him. He became on staff. We loved him. He had a wife, a beautiful son, little nine-month-old son that uh, I called my, my grandson because I was his spiritual mentor. And I, I loved them, and I was training them and preparing them. Two days before Christmas, he come up to me, and he said, I think I want to go see my wife's mother uh, for Christmas. I don't have a mother or dad they're dead and gone and I want to drive to Arizona with the rat and um, I said I, I wouldn't go if I was you there's storms there's storms it's, it's, it's terrible it's horrible to leave why don't you wait till the new year and the weather changes he said I've got to go now and he kissed me and he left. Now it's the day after, and it's 
our Christmas program. I'm dressed in a tuxedo. We got a house full of people, a church full of people. It's merriment, it's, it's joy, it's joy to the world. Jesus has come. And I wasn't expecting anything. Audrey Myers, the great singer, known all over the world, she was there. Larry Turner, my own brother-in-law, one of the greatest organists and pianists in America. He was there. We had a play that we were going to do. We had it all. It was glorious. It was just wonderful. Except the phone rang. Usher ran, ran back to the office to answer it and then come running. And he said, I got bad news. The coroner's on the phone from Bakersfield. The coroner? Bakersfield? I don't know anybody in Bakersfield. He said, we better come. He wants to talk to you. And he said, hello, this is the coroner. Are you Dr. Canister? I said, yeah, what, what's going on? He said, you have a young man in your church employed named Reverend Kenneth. Yeah, I said, don't tell me. What, 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 what's going on? He said, he's dead. Leif, his son, is dead. And Debbie, his wife, is all but dead. They're keeping her on life support. Now I've got to go to the platform. It's Christmas. It's a play. It's time for joy. It's time. I can't do it. How am I going to do it? I'm crying. I'm all... I'm in that worst wilderness that can ever happen to a pastor. But I had to. I had to have grace in that awful, terrible time. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? To go up there with a smile and talk about the joy and talk about Christ coming to the world and his redeeming power and all. God, how do you do that? You can get grace to do it. You can get grace to do it. You can get grace. So we had to play, we had to music, but I said, I said, there'll be no cookies and, and, and milk and coffee and, and beverages as we did every Christmas. We're going to dismiss everybody from this congregation that is not a member I've got things that only the members need to hear right now. And God bless you for coming. And I hope you got something out of the play and out of the music and the special guests. And then I started crying. So I got bad news. And all of our little congregation of the hippies that were on drugs and, and living a horrible life, they started coming forward and they seen their pastor crying. They were sitting on the stairs at the steps of the platform and coming out. And I said, Ken White is dead and Leif is dead and Debbie is all but dead. And I got to go on an airplane and look at the bodies and, and bring them back. My life had come to a halt, I thought. What punishment, what sin, what, what, what's going on? I found grace in the wilderness. I found grace in the wilderness. I did one of the great, great preachers got his airplane, came and got me, and flew me. And I walked into that morgue and seen the man I loved. They hadn't put his body back together. It was so horrible. Little Leif, who I hugged, it was horrible. How do you get through that? Grace. Shout grace. God's grace. 
I don't know. I can't even explain. I can't tell you no whys, no answers. Don't ask me all I can tell you. You can have grace in the wilderness. You can go through it by the grace of God and the power of God. And it will not stop you from being what God says you're to be and doing what God says you can do. Come on, hallelujah. The devil screams, you're finished. It's over. You're finished. It's not over. Thus saith the Lord. You will have a reset like you've never known, says the Lord. You will have an anointing, not double portion, but quadruple portion, says the Lord. I will bring new life and new energy and new ministries and new opportunities. This church is going to be the light to this city and to this state. Hear the word of the Lord. You will not retire. You will refire. Somebody shout hallelujah. Grace in the wilderness. Grace in the wilderness. Hundreds of millions of Americans out of work, lost their jobs, going to lose their home, going to lose gonna lose uh -uh. if we can get grace to them now let me tell you church I got another message I have to preach but let me tell you thus says the Lord now remember Jeremiah said this is what the Lord said don't say apostle C said it. Don't say the preacher said it. You are going to hear thus saith the Lord every promise I've ever made to you that has not happened will happen. I do not lie. I cannot lie. It's impossible for me to say something that won't happen. You are hearing the word of the Lord, not the word of a preacher. There is coming a revival to this city and to this state and to this nation and to the world like there's never been in the history of the church. Stand on your feet and shout. Well, I wish I could tell you a hundred thousand times. I only have to say it once. Everything didn't come up roses. I cried myself to sleep for three or four months. I love Kenneth. I loved his wife. I love Leif. I had plans. I had wishes. And one day, yeah, there were some people that said, if our pastor was such a man of God, how come it happened? I don't ask God anything like that. That's stupid. And that's stupid for you to think that. Why did it happen? Well, the fruit of what happened is one morning... It had rained all night, poured, and I couldn't sleep. And the rain stopped, and I walked out of the room, left my wife in bed sleeping. And I stood on the porch of my house. And two turtle doves began, I said, shut up! Shut up! This is nothing to sing about this early in the morning. And they wouldn't go away. Turtle doves 
are reminding that that's the Holy Spirit, like a dove, sat on Jesus. God sent two turtle doves to sing to me. <laughs> and then when I opened my eyes, I went, ah! There was a rainbow, so help me God, he could kill me if I'm lying. A rainbow like I've never seen in all the countries I've been in the world, in all the travels I've seen, rainbow. But this one was right there, touching, from one end, touching the ground. I ran to the bed. I said, Charlie, get up, get up. I pulled her out of bed. I said, see the rainbow. And the doves are still here singing. She thought I was nuts. He's lost it now. No, I found grace. Hallelujah. And I heard an audible voice. Your winner is over. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my fair one. And come away, for lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. Coo, 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 coo. I put my rainbow in the cloud so you will know there never will be another one like that. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. God put a rainbow in the sky. God put a rainbow in the sky when it looked like the sun wouldn't shine anymore. You could sing that. God put a rainbow in the sky. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because the devil didn't win, that little church now has churches all over the world. Some one church that we helped start, only 175,000 people. Another church called out a man that was a communist trying to overthrow the president of the Philippines. Exciting violence, just like all of these movements you see, burning and killing and shooting. Yeah. We need a rainbow. We need a dove. We need the Holy Ghost. We need power. We need intimacy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If anything you've learned through this one year and two or three weeks of epidemic is you need God. And God wants you. Hallelujah. And God wants intimacy. And God wants you to quit believing that it's over. That is the good revival that God has promised will happen in spite of everything that has tried to cloud it. The greatest revival. I will talk about that tomorrow. The great, I'm going to tell you about the greatest revival and how it's going to happen. All I can just say is I can't, I can't be blue, I can't be sad, I can't be mad, I can't feel like I'm disappointed. I'm alive. I'll be, in one, two months, I'll be 89. prophecy I'm going to read to you that I got that nobody knew. One of the greatest prophets in the world. I'll just give you a preview of a minute of it, okay? I said to my wife, we're really getting ready to go for the big conference 
we, where we prophesy over hundreds, thousands, actually. And uh, I said, you know, honey, uh, all of our preacher friends have died in their 80s. I don't know why I said that. Isn't that stupid? All of our preacher friends, all the prophets, and I knew prophets, and I had them in my church, and we went all over the world together with some of them. They're all dead. To my sad, to my, to my chagrin. I said that, and I don't know why I said it. And then I walk in the meeting, and a guy that I never knew, never met, but he was part of the conference. I invited him to come and be a speaker. And I didn't know that I'd prophesied over him when he was 25 years of age and, and, and in the Philippine Islands as a, as a missionary. I remember preaching to hundreds of leaders, but I can't remember him. Now, he's in his 60s, late 60s, and he's one of the speakers that I invited, and he's going up to the platform. He stops on the second step, and he turns to me. Who are you, Emmanuel Canastracy, to say all the people that you know have died in their 80s. You will not die. I have a work for you to do. Other nations you will open up. And I'm saying, did my wife tell him? How did he know? How does he know? How does anybody know to prophesy if God don't speak to them and they don't have an ear to hear? Well, I'm now 89. I was 80 then. Hallelujah. And I don't long for death. I am not an apostle Paul. I don't want a die. I had a chance to die. I had open heart surgery. Triple bypass. I had a yeah, and they shaved my legs. They shaved my legs. And took arteries out, veins out of there. I said to the doctor, don't shave my legs. I don't shave my legs. Women do that. I don't do that. He said, I got to shave them to get at those veins. I was trying to be funny. Because they were going to cut me open. And they were going to stretch the ribs. And they were going to take my heart and put it on a machine. And put some new veins in. I said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not lonesome for heaven. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. But uh, I got a prophecy that I'm going to be around a while. see this building packed to overflowing where there'll be two or three services. Come on now. And I say, thus saith the Lord, there'll be a reset in this church. A reset in this church. There will be new energy, new revelation, new members in the leadership. There will be activity like you've never had. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you're making plans to leave, hang in here. Something big is going to happen to you. And I believe that I can share some more about what I know God said. Let me just tell you. You pay me good offerings. You don't, you, you, you know, I love what I'm doing. I don't, I, I, I don't do it for money. I don't do it 
because I need a new suit or a new car or a new airplane or a new wife. I, uh, <laughs> by the way, I was glad to see that couple because I want to just tell you, one of the great prophets is Ernie Gentile. I invited him to come three years ago to be one of the speakers. He's a prophet. You know, I like prophets. And so he came, and he had us all in tears. All of us, there were people from all over the world. I mean, leaders of big churches, and they had us crying. His wife died. I don't get scared. And he told us, I go to my house, and it's just, it's so empty. And, uh, everyone was crying. He's a prophet. So I invited him back the next year. The next year, he came with a wife. He got a word at the conference. He called a woman, pastor in Seattle. He said, hello, this is Ernie Gentile. He, he, he said, I want to just ask you, will you marry me? <laughs> and she said, on the phone? <laughs> come on, come on, come on, everybody. That happened. And he's happy. He had us laughing at the conference. We were shouting, this man's old. You know, Abraham was old, and Sarah was pregnant, and Abraham was, what, 92 years old or something like that? My wife don't want me to have that kind of faith. But, you know, <laughs> turn to somebody and say something big and glorious is going to happen. Something big and glorious is going to happen. I want to finish this message. I want, to f I want to give you the message I'm going to be preaching tonight. I want to tell you something, folks. Don't die. Stick around. Stick around. I pray no plague, no plague, no virus. No COVID-19 in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you about the economy. I'm going to tell you about where God's taking the church. What God has prepared. Big, glorious thing. What God is going to do isn't something he just thought of. It's something has been his plan. And he wasn't going to speed it up because of the Republicans, the Democrats, or the rats. He wants to wake the church up. It's not, it's not the world-famous preachers. It's every man, woman, boy, and girl that is saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to be the light and the salt and have the strength. All right. Father God, I obeyed you. I studied and studied and studied and prepared a sermon. God, I don't blame you. But it was not in my case my wife will tell you Lord that I told her I know what I'm going to preach and I said did you throw a piece of paper in the garbage and she said no my sermon that I wanted to preach is missing <laughs> so now I know God is going to speed up the process come on come on come on come on and there was no woman to clean the room. There was no one in that room. God just said, Obey me! Preach grace in the wilderness!
I said, I'm not prepared. <laughs> I said, you've got enough times of wilderness experiences that everybody's going through. Financial problems, financial difficulties. I'd preach in a church in, uh, in Indiana. Uh, one of my friends started it, and he said, you come, and you got prophecy and anointing and, and the apostolic and all of that. And I went and it was 15, 20 below zero, I froze. My sister Martha came to play the piano and help, uh, you know, help in the music area. I sing once in a while. Nobody ever asked me to sing here, but I'll do it anyhow. <laughs> we froze. My wife will tell you, newlywed, we slept on a mattress on the floor, and uh, it was... 15 below zero, and the furnace had broken. And uh, so we were freezing, and Martha came and said, Emmanuel, can I sleep with you guys? We were just newly married. I said, well, I need body heat. <laughs> we were freezing. There was no money. I preached the rest of the meeting, and we left broke. No offering. And my wife said, Take, take her to the airport in Kansas City, and then let's go see uh, an intercessor that helped pray for me when I was dying with polio. And uh, then God used you to do the miracle. They brought her, and God healed her. I said, honey, I don't feel like going to Sister Kryling's house to have a prayer meeting. I'm broke. I have no money. I don't know how we're going to make it without a miracle. She said, I want to go see Sister Criley. I said, okay, you go. I walk and there's 50 people in the house. And they said, oh, Brother Kenneth Tracy, great. I'm not going to minister. I'm frozen. I'm still cold. I'm going to go in the kitchen, and I'm going to kneel down and let those crazy people pray. <laughs> and those crazy people came into the kitchen and started laying hands upon me and told me exactly what happened in Terre Haute, Indiana, and how I am broke and busted financially. And they start opening their wallets and put on the... On the, <laughs> on the, on the the, the tiles, a $50 bill, $20 bill, $30. I got more money than I'm going to get here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Grace in the wilderness. God knows your need. God knows everything about you. And he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Where is God? He's in me. Where is he? He's with me. Where is he? He's all over me. Where is he? <laughs> oh my God. Devil, you dummy. You lost out. You're like a monkey on a string. You can go and try, but he pulls the chain. God's church is going to be glorious and powerful and strong and anointed. Women are going to be prophesying, jerking people out of wheelchairs, breaking up crutches. Young people are going to be prophesying, singing the song of the Lord. Come on, come on. There's going to be a revival that will eclipse the latter rain. They'll eclipse the, the Jesus movement. That will eclipse the day of Pentecost. That will, oh, it's going to be greater. Stay on your feet now. Both hands raised. Say, I believe it. Father, as I bring this message one-third to a close, you know what wilderness some are going through? The bad news? The 
the hurt, the disappointment, loved ones turning away from you, marriages going wrecked, children being ensnared with drugs, a rebellious generation. God, they're going through all kinds of things. Loved ones in jail, loved ones in the hospital. Oh, God, grace in the wilderness. Shout grace, grace, everybody. Shout grace, grace. grace. Shout grace, grace. Shout grace, grace. Something is going to happen to you too. Learn the song. Learn the song that was written by some Kiwi. Kiwi in New Zealand. That is the darker race of little aborigines. They wrote the song. And it came from the songs of song. My beloved, say unto me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. He wants intimacy. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time (laughs) of the singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the... Everybody do it. Come on. Doves are a sign to me. Doves are a sign. I feed them every day. Honestly, do I feed them every day? I feed doves every day. I want the Holy Ghost. And I need to see something and hear something and know some things. And I believe. God bless you. Hold hands right now. Father, every one of us are as important to you as anyone else. Every one of us. You love us as much as you love Jesus Christ. You said that. You said that. And Jesus made the statement, Father, love them like you love me. Come on. He couldn't love me like Jesus. I didn't die on the cross. You have, but the 17th chapter of John, he said, love these even as he loves you. Now pray for that one that's beloved next to you. Pray for that one. Say a prayer out loud, everybody. Just say a prayer. The, the hand that I'm holding, God bless them. Bless them. Heal them. Supply their needs. Let them have revival. Let them have harvest. If they need a, a pastor or if they need a, a song leader, if they need some prophets, if they need some money, if they need a job, if they need a healing, if they need the joy of the Lord to be there. Do it now. Everybody should be talking in tongues. I don't hear you talking in tongues. I speak in the name of Jesus. In the name You build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Boy, that sounds good. The devil, oh, he can't stand another. He don't understand the word you're saying. With the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And they all spoke in other tongues. And they all prayed in the Spirit. And they all, ho, 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 ho. How many is all? All. Devil, you lost. You lost, devil. You lost. You are a loser.
Some people are kneeling down. Let's try it. Let's see if I can kneel down. God, you are my Lord, my master. You're my boss. You're my father. You love me. I don't know what you see in me, but you love me. Hallelujah. Receive the Holy Ghost if you've never spoken tongues. I command you in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. Be overflowing with Sili libekata, yerabatanda, raboho shandri libekata. When this reset begins to happen, you're going to see such a manifestation of the presence of God. Nobody will want to rush home. <laughs> the latter rain revival, they started worshiping at 10 o'clock in the morning. And they went right through tonight, worshiping God, prophecies, revelations, vision. That's nothing like the revival that's about to happen. Glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, if you love me, then you won't be offended. I'm going to take an offering. There's a lot of expenses for a meeting like this. We have fed a lot of people. We're going to feed a lot more people. And uh, so I want you to get out a love offering to Jesus. Not to me. A love offering to Jesus for letting you attend this meeting. Just to hear that you have grace in any wilderness that you are finding yourself in or will yet happen. Because it's going to be consummated by the greatest move of the Holy Ghost and victory. Write your checks out. How do we make the checks? ECC, or if you're watching by live stream, you How can many, uh, go to PayPal. <laughs> How many zero? All right. We're going to come and bring it. We're going to come and bring it in the war chest. But this war chest is not for what it used to be. This is for the great reset. Okay, we'll put it on top of this. Stand on your feet. Get out your checkbook. Everybody, make it 100%. I'm going to write out a check because this is as much a part of my life as our church in San Jose, our church in the Philippines, our church in the Indonesia, our church all over Africa. Yes, this is, this is part of the kingdom of God. We're one family. We're one church. Many bodies, many streams. All right, let's come around. Can we have some music while we march? And giving off. Everybody give something. Everybody give something. Now, remember when I say this, I'm not a money raiser. I help you get this building. I help you pay it off. We burned the mortgage on it. Come on. I, but, and I gave several thousand dollars and uh, raised many thousands. But I want to get in on this offering because the Lord changed my message. The Lord changed my message for you. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad you came?
wilderness. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace. You can go through. You will be victorious. Praise God. You better come. Get in on this offering. I mean, we can do without it, but we can do better with it. All right, let's, let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. I want to lay hands upon your apostle and his wife, and I want to just give them a benediction and blessing. Father, thank you for Jerry and Cheryl. I saw them in their wilderness. I saw them when nothing but tears in their eyes. I saw the despair even in their children's face when they saw for daddy on television being mocked and scorned and the demons of hell screaming. Lord, but they stayed. <laughs> the devil lost. Jesus won. And Lord, the biggest and best days are ahead. New life and energy are coming to many departments of the church. There'll be new faces. There'll be new uh, anointed leaders that'll say, God, wants me here to serve. If God wants me to inspire and encourage the people with honor, with intercession being made for my leaders, for my spiritual apostle, for the pastors. I bless Jerry and Cheryl. Not many people can call them Jerry and Cheryl. It's apostle, it's pastor, but Lord, they're my kids. I'm so proud of them and I love them and I thank you it was at a black convention black preachers that I met Jerry a whole group of preachers and he said would you come and preach I said yes that day I didn't know what I was getting into <laughs> and I didn't have to know because when God does it, he does it. I made some changes. I rebuked a little and loved a lot. And here you are. Don't give me credit. This is what the Lord said.